Hello and welcome to Socialism, the Marxist podcast from the Socialist Party. Is standing in elections part of the struggle for socialism? Liverpool Labour Party is in crisis. Earlier this year, the mayor, Joe Anderson, was arrested on suspicion of conspiracy to commit bribery and witness intimidation. Anderson denied any wrongdoing, but stood aside from his mayoral duties and withdrew from May's election. The crisis deepened when Keir Starmer's Labour HQ announced that none of the shortlisted candidates for mayor would be put forward. Under Anderson and the Labour-led council, Liverpool's working class has not been protected from the Tories' decade of austerity. Liverpool's Labour Authority implemented massive cuts over the last decade, estimated at a loss of 63% of the council's budget, including 3,600 jobs lost since 2010. The need for a political voice for the working class is posed sharply in a city which has a history of fighting the Tories. The high point of this was the socialist-led council in the 1980s that defeated Thatcher and won back millions of pounds stolen from the city by the Tories. Improvements included 5,000 council homes, nurseries, jobs and apprenticeships. So how can a political voice for the working class be built today? How can a struggle be conducted to win back the money stolen during the decade of austerity, 10 years of wealth transfusion from the working class to the big business billionaires? This episode of Socialism looks at the campaign for a socialist mayor in Liverpool and how that can form an important part of the struggle against Tory COVID austerity. Hello and welcome to Socialism, the podcast from the Socialist Party. My name is Lenny Shale and I'm here today with Roger Bannister, the Trade Unionist and Socialist Coalition candidate for the Liverpool mayoral election. Roger's also a member of the Socialist Party. And also Alex Smith, who's a Trade Unionist and Socialist Coalition candidate for Cressington Ward in Liverpool, a member of the Socialist Party and also a delegate to Liverpool Trades Council from the Unite Union, just to talk over what is probably one of the most important elections taking place in Britain on May the 6th this year, the Liverpool mayoral election that has been all over the media because of the attempts by the right wing of the Labour Party to install a trustworthy right wing candidate for Keir Starmer's Labour Party. Of course, against the backdrop of decades of austerity, against the backdrop of a year long pandemic where clearly the capitalist class are attempting to make the working class pay. So it's going to be an extremely important election campaign that we in the Socialist Party are taking part in as part of the Trade Unionist and Socialist Coalition. So I think it's fantastic that we have Roger and Alex here today just to discuss the nature of the campaign, what's been going on in Liverpool and give us a taste really about the struggles that are taking place and the struggles to come as ordinary people attempt to combat further Covid austerity. So I mean, first of all, Roger, why is it necessary for you to stand as a socialist candidate for the mayor of Liverpool on May the 6th? Well, Len, you've already mentioned the decade of austerity. For people in Liverpool and many other cities across the country, as we know, that's meant cut after cut after cut in local authority budgets, and that's led to cut after cut after cut in important services that many people depend on. Vulnerable people in the community, elderly people, people with disabilities, the young as well. Youth services, for example, have been absolutely destroyed in this city. And I feel that that's a situation that cannot be allowed to carry on. 
and that Tusk is the best vehicle at present that working class people have who want to make a stand against austerity measures and to reverse austerity measures and say we want the funding from the central government to guarantee the necessary services for this city. We've also seen the phenomenon of Corbynism. Jeremy Corbyn got quite a great deal of support in Liverpool. Large numbers of people attended his rallies when he came up here. But he did that against the background of a Labour council, a right-wing Labour council, that most people correctly blame for the implementation of the services locally. And he even went as far as to make public statements to the effect that he didn't want councils to make illegal budgets. And he even picked up a phrase of Neil Kinnock's and said that Labour councils should act as a dented shield. Now, Neil Kinnock's memory isn't a good one for most socialists and most active workers in Liverpool. And I think Corbyn did himself a great deal of damage by invoking that. Since then, we've seen Keir Starmer destroying any of the last vestiges of Corbynism within the Labour Party. And locally, we've had the crisis within the local Labour Party again, referred to earlier on that the Mayor Anderson has been arrested and he's currently bailed by the police. His duties are being carried out by one of the deputy mayors in the city. Anderson has said that he's not going to contest the election for the mayor this time. There's been this unprecedented crisis in the Labour Party where Starmer won't even allow the local Labour Party to freely elect their own candidate to fight this election. I've attempted to build as broad a base as possible for a campaign of opposition to austerity in the city. One of the Labour candidates that was forbidden to be a mayoral candidate in the end, Anna Rothery, a councillor, she took the Labour Party to court over her being excluded and failed. And I wrote to Anna and said that if she would consider standing as the mayor in her own right, then I would discuss this seriously with her to see if we could find some kind of common basis for that kind of campaign. Now, unfortunately, Anna's not responded to that. So I'm standing as a Tusk candidate, proudly, in fact, to do so. We've also got the phenomenon of the commissioners sent in, sent in by a Tory government, which itself is rife with corruption. We've seen the scandal developing about Cameron trying to lobby for his big business mates for millions of pounds worth of contracts as a result of the COVID crisis. And the commissioners were welcomed by Starmer himself. So you got the leader of the Labour Party welcoming unelected commissioners to take over important functions of Liverpool City Council, sent in by a government which is itself far from clean in terms of fair dealings, business dealings, dealings with contracts, etc. It stinks from top to bottom, and it's important that somebody stands up and says, we want clean politics, which are socialist politics, which are politics for working class people and not politics for the rich. Like you say, Roger, I think Starmer's attempted to take Labour Party back to the years of Blairism. But like you mentioned, and elsewhere around the country, in many cases, local councils never, although Corbyn was the leader nationally, locally, they never changed. There was still austerity, cuts being made. And I mean, to add insult to injury, I think didn't the Labour Party charge Anna Rothery 65 grand in court expenses that she has to pay up. Another sign, really, of just the complete degeneration of Starmer's labour. Now, Roger, obviously you pointed out the hypocrisy, the 
the almost laughable attitude that Stam has taken to the commissioners in actually welcoming them. What do we in the Socialist Party and the Trade Union and Socialist Coalition, what's your viewpoint on the commissioners? How do we combat that? Right, well, as I indicated, we're totally opposed to the use of commissioners. Commissioners take away the democratic rights of the people of Liverpool to sort out their own problems. It's particularly ridiculous that commissioners should have been sent in so close to the elections because if there's a problem in the town hall, then the ballot box is the best place to resolve it. And it's not as if they're having to wait one year or two years or three years or whatever for an election. There's one in a few weeks' time. So I think that we should be cleared in our opposition to commissioners. If I was elected mayor, I would immediately want to meet the commissioners and explain our opposition explain that I had a mandate to oppose them and suggest that they pack up, go away and leave elected people in Liverpool to sort out the problems of Liverpool. If they were unwilling to do that, I would have to turn back to the electors of Liverpool, the working class electors of Liverpool that had voted me in and invite them to join a campaign of opposition to commissioners. If necessary, non-cooperation, I'd like to discuss that with the local authority trade unions in particular. Whatever we could do to say, sorry, we're running this city, not you, I would seek to employ. That's brilliant. Cheers, Roger. I think, like you said, really, you're the only candidate offering a fighting approach to the commissioners that wants to challenge their really pro-austerity motives that is obviously coming from the Tory government. And of course, I think really that's the essence of your campaign, an opposition to austerity, opposition to cuts, and really an attempt to help mobilise and give a voice for ordinary people in Liverpool that has really been robbed of them over so many years now. I mean, you've touched on various aspects of your programme, what you're standing on, fighting on. I mean, could you just explain a bit more about the programme, the approach, demands that you're going into this election with? And, I mean, Alex, I don't know if you maybe want to jump in at this stage and give us a bit of thought to that. Yeah, uh, thanks very much, Lenny. Yeah, so the centrepiece of Tusk's campaign in Liverpool, were we to get anyone elected, especially Roger, would be a no-cuts budget. Now, Liverpool City Council, it has usable reserves of over £60 million. We've had quite a lot of letters printed in our local newspaper, the Liverpool Echo, pointing out over the years that the Labour Council has been obediently implementing vicious Tory cuts while sitting on enough usable reserves to push through legally balanced no-cuts budgets that would you know, cover and protect services and jobs in terms of conditions for at least a year, providing time for a mass campaign to be waged. And each time we get these letters printed, especially in the recent period, Labour councillors suddenly go very quiet and don't want to discuss with us. And the reason for that is very simple, because they know we're correct. And to prove that point, quite recently, several weeks ago, such supporters on the Liverpool Trades Council, they proposed a very detailed, costed, no-cuts budget for the City Council. So it included you know, all the facts and figures and all the regulations that back up the viability of a no-cuts budget. And that passed through the Liverpool Trades Council. It had plenty of support. And interestingly, six Labour councillors then picked up that budget, you know, our alternative budget proposal, and sent a letter to the acting mayor, Wendy Simon, advising Wendy that our no-cuts budget proposal was, quote, a workable strategy. 
Now, unfortunately, those very same six Labour councillors, only a few days earlier, had voted through a massive programme of cuts in the council chamber of, I think, in excess of 20 million. Nevertheless, the fact that that letter was written does show that our ideas do have an echo in the Labour movement in the city. Now, recently, Tusk published a report which showed in in quite vivid detail that 46 points from Jeremy Corbyn's 2019 Labour Party general election manifesto could be carried out straight away by councils. So, if we were to be elected, we would push for a no-cuts budget and we would also push for things from Jeremy Corbyn's manifesto like ending all PFI contracts, ending zero-hour contracts in companies that have contracts with the City Council, and ending all outsourcing and returning privatised services back in-house with the Council. Can I come in on the end of that one, please, Len? Yeah, sure, Rog. Yeah, as a mayoral candidate, the mayor would have responsibility for outlining and setting the framework of policies in major areas of work for the Council. Stuff like children's services, education, youth services, youth justice, and many other things. And if I was elected mayor, those policy frameworks that would be sent to the council would be policy frameworks in detail for each of the services concerned, but made on the basis of no cuts, no economies, no getting rid of jobs or anything like that. And it would be down to the council then to decide what to do about them. They could overturn them by a two-thirds vote. If they did that, we'd have to take the arguments again to the people of Liverpool to fight. But I think the point I'm making is every which way we've got to use the powers that are given to us as councillors if we're elected, as mayors if we're elected, not to sit and do the Tories' dirty work, which is what's been going on at the moment, but to say we're here to take forward a policy programme for the working class of this city, and we will do it. And if we get frustrated, if we get blocked or whatever, we will go back to the working class and invite them to join us in a fight to have our policies implemented. That's brilliant, Roger. I think like what you and Alex have touched upon is really the powers are there. But what it's a question of is having someone willing to use the powers that councillors do have to also mobilise, to inspire working people to take on the Tory government, which really the Labour Party has no stomach or ability to do so. I mean, Alex and Roger, you've touched on a number of points there. And of course, Liverpool has a proud history. It's a tradition in Liverpool of, of struggle, of fight against the Tories and government. And we in the Socialist Party have a proud tradition. The Socialist Party is a component part of the trade unionist and Socialist Coalition. But before we were called the Socialist Party, we were known as the militant tendency and our members played a heroic role in the struggles in the 1980s in Liverpool City Council. I know, Roger, you had some direct involvement in that. You were expelled from the Labour Party before it was called. I don't know, maybe you want to maybe give us a bit of insight about what took place in Liverpool and a bit of the history of fighting back against government cuts that Liverpool has. Yes, it was an amazing period to go through for a socialist. As you've indicated, I had involvement myself. I was in the Labour Party at the time prior to my expulsion. I was also the secretary of the Broad Green Constituency Labour Party, where we had a militant supporter, as we were known as at the time, Teddy Fields, as our member of parliament. Absolutely classic fighter for working class people. He actually went in prison 
for refusing to pay the poll tax. He was prepared to take his principles to every single length that he could. And it was a privilege to be in the position of supporting him within the party back here in Liverpool. I was also a delegate to the District Labour Party, which was the body that backed those councillors that refused to make cuts in the city's budget and stood up for the working class of the city with the slogan, better to break the law than to break the poor. The District Labour Party is important because although that struggle is often presented as a struggle within the council chamber, were it not for the support that those councillors had within the DLP at the time, they would not have been in a position to make the stand that they did in the council. So that's important to note. And those lessons that we went through at that time are important for us today. The kind of things that we did and had to do where we secured the support initially of the local authority trade unions for our stand, took that to the wider trade union movement and won it, took it to the unorganised sections of the working class with meetings on housing estates in working class areas, in church halls, school halls or whatever and wherever in order to win over working class people for the struggle that was just around the corner. And they're the tactics that I've been talking about effectively in my previous comments. On the basis that we did it then, it worked. There is absolutely no reason why it couldn't work in this city again. And you mentioned, Roger, there about Terry Fields. Terry, like another supporter of the militant newspaper, Dave Nellist, in Coventry, he only took a worker's wage as an MP and the rest he donated back to the labour movement, trade union struggles and so on. And I know you, Simmery, are standing that same tradition as a worker's mayor on a worker's wage. Am I correct? You are correct. And in fact, Terry was impeccable the way he implemented that promise. He used to present to the constituency Labour Party committee his accounts on a regular basis of how much he'd drawn as his salary. And he drew what he would have got if he'd remained as a firefighter, which was his original job. And what he'd done with the rest of the money, put it in a separate account, gave it out in donations to strikers, other groups fighting, etc. Donations to Labour parties when they were short of money for elections, etc. It was impeccable in the way he did that. It was absolutely open and above board. And I would do exactly the same thing. I think one of the worst things that's happened is the introduction of salaries for councillors in local government. We've got one councillor in Liverpool who is currently living in Spain, but is refusing to resign as a councillor. And I think that's where you get when you say elected positions in local authorities aren't an aspect of public service. And from our point of view, public service on behalf of the working class, they are a career structure in themselves. You want a career structure, go somewhere else into a different career, not into local government not into elected positions. For socialists, those positions should be about one thing and one thing only, advancing the interests of the working class in practical terms to demonstrate the relevance of a socialist programme politically. And I know, obviously, Roger, you touched upon how the militant-led council took on the so-called Iron Lady, Margaret Thatcher, and I think it's just worth touching upon just what that council achieved. It won back £60 million in funding, which carried out huge victories and significant reforms to working people. I think just reading just a glimpse at what took place, they were able to build 5,000 new council houses with front gardens and back gardens, decent, well-built, affordable homes. 
five new sports centres, thousands of properly paid new council apprenticeships and jobs, three new public parks, rents were frozen for five years, and there was so much more. I think if anyone's interested in, in reading more about that, they should look at the Socialist Party website and look up the book, The City That Dare to Fight, that just goes, gives a glimpse really about how the militant-led council, the Liverpool Socialist Council, were able to really put the ideas of socialism into action. Now, Roger, I mean, I touched on it earlier. You were expelled from the Labour Party. Hundreds, if not thousands of others were. And you're now a member of the Socialist Party and a part of the really what we're fighting for, which is the creation of a new mass workers' party, which obviously the Trade Unionist and Socialist Coalition is an attempt to help build that. I don't know, do you want to maybe just say anything about why you're still a member of the Socialist Party and how you see the need for a new mass workers' party? Yeah, well, I'm a member of the Socialist Party primarily because I am a socialist. And throughout most of my active political life, it's been the Socialist Party and its predecessor, the Militant Tendency, which I think has been the main body with the theoretical base and the practical base and the experience to do things. We hold up that struggle of the Liverpool Council in the 80s as a glowing example of what we can achieve with a socialist programme and a fighting Marxist leadership. You look elsewhere, we also, the Socialist Party or the Militant Tendency at the time, was involved in the leadership of a totally different struggle, which was the anti-poll tax struggle. Again, where we defeated that same Margaret Thatcher, that same Iron Lady. But those two struggles were totally different. The council struggle was based on the Labour Party and based on the trade unions and from there, the wider working class. With the poll tax struggle, the trade unions didn't want to know. The Labour Party didn't want to know, but we didn't let that stop us. We said, OK, we'll go to the working class ourselves and we built a massive network of anti-poll tax unions united into a national federation and they waged the struggle. They clogged up the courts by giving people advice what they could and couldn't do if they dragged before the courts. They organised the mass meetings and I think that's another reason why I have kept with and I'm proud to have kept with the Socialist Party because we are infinitely firm in our principles of socialism infinitely flexible in the tactics that we use to fight any struggle. And those two examples give a classic example of that point of the flexibility in tactics. Brilliant, Roger. I think obviously if you anyone was to go to Liverpool and see some of the council homes that still remain, the sports centres, parks that were built by Liverpool, the socialist Liverpool City Council in the 1980s, you can still see the legacy of that standing in the tradition of those fighting councillors Standard tradition of people like Tony Mulhern, who sadly died last year, who also stood as a Tusk mayoral candidate before Roger in the first Liverpool City mayoral campaign. So I think it's a hugely inspirational campaign you guys are running up there. Now, just a question for Alex, really. I mean, lots is often made of these mayoral positions that exist around the country. And I think we as socialists would naturally oppose powers being handed to one individual. But nevertheless, the position exists. So we as socialists want to still use it, fight for it and use it to help mobilise and give power to ordinary people like you and Roger already touched upon. But maybe, I don't know, could you just give us a glimpse or explain us a bit more about how the mayor could actually use its powers to fight and combat austerity in Liverpool and also in other areas as well, but obviously primarily in Liverpool, given the campaign? Yeah, so the elected mayor, it's a very powerful position. 
there's lots of vested power in it. So one thing that an elected mayor can do is they can draw up policy frameworks which can then be presented to cabinets within the council. And the mayor has the power to appoint more or less whoever he wants to those cabinets. And any decisions made in those meetings, at least initially, they require a two-thirds majority of the rest of the council to be overturned. So clearly there is a lot of power invested in the mayoral position. And if Roger were to be elected, he would no doubt push our no-cut budget proposal, which would protect services, jobs, terms and conditions. He would push that as a policy framework document. He'd push it through a cabinet where he would have selected people who we'd hope would support that position. And don't forget, as was explained earlier, you know, even some Labour Party councillors, at least, you know, in principle, support our position. So we could appeal to the wider movement. And even if obstacles were put in our way, as no doubt they would be by the class enemy, we would mobilise the working class in whatever way we could to overcome those obstacles. Now, just for a little example of what maybe activists could do who are listening to this, is that I and a Socialist Party comrade, Neil Dunn, he's also a Tusk candidate. We drew up a no-cuts budget motion. We did this by going onto the Trade Unionist and Socialist Coalition website, where there's all sorts of helpful documents that walk you through in baby steps how to draw up a no-cuts budget. So we drew one up for Liverpool, using Tusk's advice, and we put that through our Unite branch. I proposed it, and Neil seconded it. We dusted off our copies of the ABC of Chairmanship, and we got prepared for what would be thrown at us. But surprisingly, even Labour councillors who were at that meeting were quite supportive of us. So the chair of our Unite branch is a Labour councillor, and he advised all the other Labour councillors who were present. He said, listen, I know you might support this motion in principle, but, you know, We'll have to keep our pants on and abstain on it, or else Keir Starmer might come after us. So, in spite of this advice, one Labour town councillor who was present still voted for our motion, and it passed. So clearly, we have support, or well, at least our ideas do, in the wider trade union movements in Liverpool. And that strategy can be adopted in all trade union branches. I mean, we have had Socialist Party members in 2016 who at Unite's National Committee for Local Government, they moved a motion which called on Unite to back no-cuts budgets nationally, and that was successful. So clearly the Socialist Party and Trade Unionist and Socialist Coalition supporters, we are taking the correct strategy of going through the organised working class to advance our ideas, and we are having some success with that. Now, another thing to mention about the situation here in Liverpool is the Tory proposals which the Tories are trying to push through they advocate that the number of councillors in the city should be reduced down from 90 to, I think, about 30, and that the frequency of elections should be reduced to once every four years. That's councillor elections. Now, clearly, these are blatant attacks on basic democratic rights. Now, the Labour Party in the city are more or less hand-in-hand with the Tory party and have been for the last 10 years. I mean, at one point... The Labour Council here actually gave then High Tory Lord Heseltine the freedom of the city. Nevertheless, with what appears to be the collapse of the Labour Party now in Liverpool, it's in serious difficulties. The Tory government and the capitalist class more generally are clearly terrified that a fighting anti-austerity movement 
might arise once again in Liverpool. And that is where these attacks on the democratic rights of Liverpool's residents are coming from. You know, the Tory government are not worried about the allegations of corruption against Joe Anderson. They are simply using all the shenanigans that have been going on in the Labour Council as a pretext to attack our democratic rights. And another thing on Joe Anderson and and the allegations that surround him, I mean, as socialists, we should note that even if every single allegation in the fullness of time is proved to be correct, nevertheless, his main crime would have been pushing through a decade of cuts, which, in the final analysis, forced people to die. And it's not me saying that. Joe Anderson himself said that in 2012. And I'm quoting him verbatim here. He said, I make no bones about it. People will die. End of. And that was as he passed through a massive cut budget. And then a few years later, in 2017, an academic study found that over 100 people a year were dying on Merseyside due to austerity cuts. And that was before the pandemic. So clearly there needs to be a fight back. And if we can do that through the trade unions and try and do everything we can to get the trade unions to back us and to back councillors who will fight for anti-austerity policies, we will have made inroads. That's why I'm standing as a Tusk candidate in Cressington. You know, what we need to do is mobilise the working class. A no-cuts budget would buy us time to do just that and to force the Tory party and its austerity agenda and its commissioners onto the back foot. There are also things we could do within the council that would help us to engender support, as happened in the 80s. So one thing, for example, was at the last budget meeting in March, Labour councillors voted through a Tory pay freeze for all council workers who earn over £24,000 a year. Now, at that very same meeting, those very same Labour councillors voted to double the wage of the acting mayor, Wendy Simon. Now, clearly, that is outrageous. We would reverse that policy because if Roger were to be elected, he would take the workers' wage and we would draw on the council's usable reserves to give council workers a pay rise rather than a pay freeze. Moreover, we'd use the council's borrowing powers to provide decent, eco-friendly council housing. Now, residents of Liverpool will be aware that three years ago now, the council borrowed £185 million to repair the city's roads. Now, if you're unfortunate enough to drive on the city's roads, you'll know that it's like driving on the surface of the moon. There are that many craters. You know, so... Clearly, whatever that money is being spent on, well, let's not go into that. That's being investigated at the moment. But nevertheless, the proof of principle is there. The council has massive borrowing powers. And rather than borrowing money to pretend to fix the roads, we would borrow as much money as we possibly could to have a mass council house building programme. There are 22,000 people on the housing waiting list in Liverpool. And we would do everything within our power to address that. We would get the biggest loan we could. We would get the houses built. We would build facts on the ground that would help the working class. And then we would demand that the class enemy, the Tory government, provide us with the money to help the working class in Liverpool. And if you go to the working class, they will support you, as was shown by the struggle in the 1980s. So I just hope that in the coming period, 
Tusk can grow and develop and hopefully show the way for a new mass workers' party. Cheers, Alex. And like you say, you just have to look at some of the pictures from the 1980s, the marches of hundreds of thousands of people that mobilised in support of the Labour Council. And I think the film of points you raised there, I think this relates to like the sort of campaign Rogers running. So often in politics, it's the Labour, Tory politicians, they campaign as an individual, that it's them, they're going to save people or whatever. But clearly, we're socialists. We stand as an organisation that wants to inspire and mobilise and help organise working people to fight for real change in their lives and their situations. And I think Roger himself, I mean, as an individual, and not to embarrass Roger, but him as an individual has a sort of proud history we touched upon expelled from the Labour Party for being a socialist. But, I mean, Roger, you were also a branch secretary for Nosley. Unison, you served on the National Executive Committee for Unison until you retired in 2017. So clearly, have experience and a proud history of standing up and fighting in the interests of ordinary people. It'd be good, Roger, maybe you could just give us a bit more insight and just touch upon some of the other key aspects of your campaign. I know one of the things you're campaigning on is around the one-stop shops. So maybe could you just give us a bit of background to that? The one-stop shops were inaugurated by the Labour Council that we've referred to in the 1980s. And the idea was to get away from the bureaucratic, complicated nature of local government to many people and make it much more accessible. So instead of people having to get the bus or whatever into the city centre and find the right office if they had something to deal with. In every locality, I think there were eight of them originally across the city, there was a one-stop shop and you went in there and the staff were trained up. They were very helpful staff. They uh, took the details of your problems and if they could, they answered them there and then. If they couldn't, they referred them to someone else and you got you either called back or you got a letter from the council to sort out, hopefully, your problem. And gradually, they've been whittled down to four. Only four remain now. And the council now plan to close two of those. But to change those two, not into proper one-stop shops, but into things that are only open on certain days of the week at certain times in libraries, etc and move about like peripatetic one-stop shops and people aren't impressed by that idea either so there's been local protests about this i've been part of those protests every friday lunchtime people gather outside the existing one-stop shops for an hour to protest we give out leaflets to the public we have petitions etc etc and it's been a very important campaign and i've made it clear that if i'm elected mayor the one-stop shops, all eight of them, all fixed, all open through normal office hours, will be restored. Cheers, Roger. I think you've touched upon it there, Alex has touched upon it, that obviously we're standing this mayoral election because it's a hugely important opportunity for us to put forward socialist ideas and a programme in the interests of the Liverpool working class. But as you've touched upon, Roger, we're standing across the country. Over 300 people are standing for the Trade Unions and Socialist Coalition. Many of them are Socialist Party members. Many of them just working class fighters who are campaigning to save services, jobs, community assets in their local area. Many of them are RMT members, which is another component part of the Trade Unions and Socialist Coalition, the Railway Workers and Transport Workers Union. We're going to be standing in many wards in the council elections in Liverpool and other surrounding area councils in Merseyside, like Knowsley. We're standing in the GLA election in London, the Welsh Parliament election, the Scottish Parliament election 
and nearly 300 candidates in local councils all putting forward similar ideas and all, at the very least, standing on an anti-austerity, anti-cut platform in a similar fashion to what you, Roger, and what Alex are standing on in Liverpool. And hopefully what we're trying to do in the Socialist Party is give a taste of what can be done, that working people can take on austerity and we can have a voice at the ballot box and hopefully push forward the idea that what working people really need is a vehicle for struggle, a political voice at the ballot box, a new mass workers' party that sadly, unfortunately, since Corbyn was ditched and Starmer's war against all the elements left, the Labour Party just doesn't offer that anymore. And like you've said, and like we've experienced in many areas across the country, just to conclude, I think, you've touched upon many aspects of the campaign, Roger, and how it can be achieved. We've heard lots from Alex about that. And hopefully, if you're in Liverpool, you'll be receiving the brochure in the post in the next few weeks that gives a bit more detail about what Roger's campaigning for. And hopefully you might see Roger and the Socialist campaign team out on the streets of Liverpool in the next few weeks before May the 6th, campaigning day in, day out on these issues. But for us, obviously, the fight doesn't just stop on May the 6th, that whatever the result, the Socialist Party, as part of the Trade Union and Socialist Coalition, will be out there fighting, campaigning in any struggle in the interests of ordinary people. And maybe just to conclude, Roger, could you just give a bit more detail and go over just some of the other key aspects of your campaign, what you're saying about NHS workers, what you're saying about workers in struggle, and generally about what is needed for ordinary people and the sort of society that working people need today? Yeah, i gladly do that. Even before this campaign started, I've been in contact with activists locally from Nurses United that are campaigning for a 15% pay rise, both for nurses and for all other health service staff. A couple of nights ago, I was invited to speak to one of our local RMT branches where they were asking what support the mayor could give to any of their campaigns. And you have to take all these issues seriously because the mayor in a city like Liverpool, can influence things like contracts for local rail transport, etc. And I just think a mayor, the focal point of politics in the city, as a socialist, would have a responsibility, and I would certainly feel a responsibility, to lend support of that office to struggles of ordinary working people, the health workers, the rail workers, anyone else in the area. I would lend my support to them, and if things I could use through the powers that I had to strengthen their arm in these fights, then I would use them. If it wasn't that, then I would just publicly support them and try and build support for working class people fighting to defend their rights, the jobs, the standards of living. I'd seek to elevate that and to extend their support through lending it the support of the mayoralty in whichever way that I could. Brilliant, Roger. Any other final points from yourself or Alex? Yeah, I'd just make one point, Lenny. You know, the book you mentioned earlier, Liverpool, let's see that there to fight. It's an absolutely fantastic book. And when you read through that, one comment in there that always stuck in my mind was when Tony Mullen was expelled from the Labour Party. His response was, you can expel me from the Labour Party, but you can't expel me from the working class. And that principle should be understood by everybody. The Labour movement is wider than the Labour Party. Clearly, a new mass workers' party is needed and Tusk is, I hope, the first step along the way to obtaining that goal. 
Right, thanks, Alex, and thanks, Roger, for giving us an insight in the socialist campaign taking place in Liverpool, which I think have just given us a small glimpse about what is possible when ordinary people get organised and make a stand. And I think that's what the Socialist Party is about. We're not just around around election times like so many of the parties. You didn't see us suspending campaigning after the announcement of the death of Prince Philip. We were out there campaigning, fighting in the interests of ordinary people. And whatever the result on May the 6th, like Roger said, the Socialist Party will still be out there fighting for any gain possible for ordinary people. But like Roger and Alex have also touched upon, we in the Socialist Party don't just leave it there. We want to fight for the socialist transformation of society and use any vehicle possible to help push that process forward, which includes standing, fighting in the elections to give a voice for ordinary people at the ballot box. We'll be there fighting for a 15% pay increase for NHS workers, fighting for better housing, for more housing for working class people and to fight for a socialist change in society, both in Britain and internationally. And if you've been inspired by some of the stories of the past struggles in Liverpool, if you've been inspired by points that Roger and Alex have touched upon and what we are fighting for in this election, you should think about getting involved. It's very easy to get involved and come along, fight for us, help us campaign, but also go further than that. And if you're interested and want to get more involved, what should you do? Join the Socialist Party. Thanks, Roger, and thanks, Alex. Socialism is produced by the Socialist Party, the England and Wales section of the Committee for a Workers' International. Today we heard from Roger Bannister and Alex Smith speaking to Len Shale, and I'm Sarah Saxeldridge. This episode was edited by Nick Hart. You can find further reading in the notes in your podcast app, if you want to get in touch, email socialismpodcast at socialistparty.org.uk. Socialism, the podcast, relies on funding from our members and supporters. We have no big business backers or adverts, which allows us to maintain our political independence. Can you help fund this podcast? You can make a regular donation or a one-off payment at socialistparty.org.uk forward slash donate. Even more importantly... Do you agree with the ideas of the Socialist Party as we've raised here? Get in touch and find out about becoming a member. Apply to join at socialistparty.org.uk forward slash join. And if you live outside England and Wales and want to join the fight for socialism in your country, contact the Committee for a Workers' International by visiting socialistworld.net. Until next time, solidarity. Solidarity.